woke up quick at about noon. Thank you so much for downloading, subscribing, streaming, and for listening here to the Tuesday, July 7th edition of the podcast with Damien Barling, presented by Vibe Health Bar. I'm your host, Damien Barling. Thank you again uh, so much for tuning in and allowing me to be a part of your day. If you're a subscriber, welcome back. If you're not, become one. Just hit the subscribe button on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Radio.com, wherever you're listening from. Uh, and make sure you hit that five-star review. Of course, only hit the five stars. If you think we're worth it, if you don't think we're worth it yet, well, let's just win you over, man. We got a lot to talk about today. Uh, some good, some bad, and some great. And we'll start with great. The greatest quarterback that has ever lived in the history of human life, Patrick Mahomes, receives an extension unlike anything we've ever seen before. Or is it? Oh, actually, it very much is. There was a whole bunch of hyperbole flying around yesterday with Patrick Mahomes' contract, and I spent... I spent a good deal of, like, you, you know the rules. Never fall for the tweet. Whether it's Schefter or it's Rappaport or it's Field Yates, whoever. You never fall for the tweet. And Adam Schefter had everybody falling for the tweet yesterday. It's a half a billion dollar contract. I think that's I think we got up to 500 million by the time this was all said and done. Got to remember, we're talking about the NFL. So believe half of what you see. And then you really got to dive in from there. The person that I always turn to uh, who usually gives the best breakdown of contracts is Mike Florio. Once the the numbers become available, Mike Florio will kind of break them down in terms of what numbers are real, what numbers are not, what's attainable, what's likely to happen, what isn't. The unique aspect to Patrick Mahomes' deal is how young he is. It's not that it's 10 years. There's nothing unique to that. Donovan McNabb signed a 12-year deal with the Eagles in 2002 for $115 million. Think about that. Uh, he didn't see the end of it, and he didn't see anywhere near $115 million. Brett Favre signed a 10-year deal, 10-year, $100 million deal with the Packers in 2001. He did not see the end of that. Drew Brees signed a 10-year deal with the Patriots in 2001. The Patriots in 2001. Should we continue? Okay, let's continue. Mike Vick. So, do I even have to say he signed a 10-year deal? with the Atlanta Falcons. 10 years, $130 million. Allegedly, $130 million. Uh, signed that deal with the Falcons on Christmas Eve 2004. We all know Michael Vick did not see the end of that contract. Dante Culpepper, 10-year deal uh, with the Minnesota Vikings. 2003, did not see the end of that deal. Now, none of them were as young as, as, as Patrick Mahomes, and, and that's worth pointing out. And I think you could make a fair argument that there has never been a quarterback in history that has had the start to his career that Patrick Mahomes has. I don't think that that is hyperbole. Patrick Mahomes has been in the league for three seasons, and you could argue he's had the greatest two years that a quarterback has ever had to start their career. He went from the MVP into the Super Bowl MVP. And everybody was just salivating at what this contract would look like. Now it's been reported as a $503 million deal. Now, it, tweeted this last night, and I've said this to you a million times. The language of the tweet 
can tell you who gave Adam Schefter the information. Before yesterday, have you ever seen a tweet? Have you ever heard an analyst? Have you ever even heard the two words guarantee mechanisms one after the other? Have you ever heard the phrase before yesterday in relation to an NFL contract, guarantee mechanisms? I can tell you, I'm, I'm not going to speak for you. I have not. When I saw Adam Schefter tweet the term guarantee mechanisms, I knew right away, okay, this is all coming from his agent. They're framing this as the first half a billion dollar deal in the history of sports. Great. Good for you. We all know better. We're not going to fall for the okie doke. We're smarter than that. Here's what we know. Uh, we know that Patrick Mahomes, again, he's three years into his deal. He has two years left, by the way. They picked up the fifth-year option. It's just like in the NBA. Teams have a fifth-year option on a player who was drafted in the first round. Patrick Mahomes, of course, was drafted in the first round. Team picked up the fifth-year option on him. So they already have him for 2020, this upcoming season, whatever it might look like, in 2021. Okay, so we got a raise for 2021. It's it's 10 million, it's just shy of 11 million for this upcoming season, and it's 22.8 in 2021, which would have been or which is his fifth year option. So the actual contract kicks into play 2 years from now. That's when the actual contract extension starts. Now, there is new money added to those first years, so it's, it's fair to lump this in. Uh, it's, it's, it's fair to lump that money into the total overall deal. Now, the way I have understood it, and I certainly, certainly could be wrong. I'm going off of the information I got from Mike Florio and some information that I got from, I need to see who the author is of this uh, that I'm reading, Bill Barnell. Who's a, who's a writer for ESPN as well. The way I understand it is the first three years of the contract are guaranteed. So the first three years of the extension are fully guaranteed. So he'll get a big chunk of that money uh, up to the tune, I think, of 60-something million, $63 million the second the ink dries. Or actually, the second the ink touches uh, paper. Doesn't even have to dry yet. But in 2022, the first year of this extension his contract is $29.45 million. That's it, $29.45. So, I'll take it. You'll take it. It's certainly not bad, but is that Patrick Mahomes' money? 2023, the second year of the extension, is $40 million. Ah, aha, aha. That's more like it. That's where we thought this contract would be. The fifth year, 2024, uh, salary, roster bonuses, all of that stuff, all of the money he's going to hit, not incentives, not he has to throw 50 touchdowns, but all of the all of the, 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 the incentives that are put into these contracts that he'll actually hit in terms of, you know, the workout bonus, being on the roster, so on and so forth. 37.95 uh, million, so just shy of 38. It's like, oh, okay. Okay, that's interesting. I have, so I've, I've been unable to... That was the 2023 year. That was the 2024 year. So it's the sixth year where I get a little confused. The, or, or what would be the, the fourth year of the extension that I get a little confused. I have some people, I have read uh, a couple of places that, that this year is fully guaranteed as well. 
that's a $41.95 million salary for that year. And this is, this is the point here. From 2025 on, this is the money that you would expect Patrick Mahomes to make. 41.95, 41.95. It gets into the 50s. So what, you, what will be interesting to watch is this 2027. It's any, especially given the way 2020 has gone, 2027 is an eternity away. But Patrick Mahomes is 31 years old at the time. He's 31 years old in 2027, and he's due to make $59.9 million. Now, normally, normally that's the essential, you know, I'll steal an NBA term and just use it in a different context. That's the poison pill. That's the that's the, that's what you give the player where it's like, look, if if NBA, if NFL contracts, if quarterback contracts specific, specifically continue to rise at the rate in which they normally do, which is and this is, you know, we go back to the Dak Prescott story, the amount of times we've talked about Dak Prescott and uh, the, the allegation that he has asked for uh, 40 million dollars per year or 40 plus million dollars per year when the. Um, average salary, you know, the highest average salary averages out, and I think it's Russell Wilson to about 35. The jump, the $5 million jump is not, it's not logical in the NFL. That's just not, that's not how NFL contracts work. When a player gets, when a player becomes, when a quarterback becomes the new highest paid football player in history, it's in smaller increments of about one and a half to $2 million. We saw the, the Russell Wilson contract went up uh, about $2 million over who was the, who was the one who, who signed before Russ? Like, I can't remember. You know, they sign at such a, a rapid rate. Whoever the last quarterback to sign a deal was was the richest quarterback in history. So Russell Wilson went up about uh, a million and a half to $2 million. So Let's say forty million is the new base point, even though it's not yet, because we got to see what Dak gets and we got to see what Deshaun Watson gets before we knows, before we know what the what the base point is. But let's just say, for argument's sake, that it's forty million dollars. If the value were to increase on quarterback contracts at the same rate at which it has over the last decade, about a million and a half to two million dollars, in twenty twenty seven, the contract that Patrick Mahomes is due. The $59.95 million just for fun. The $60 million contract that he's due in 2027 would still make him the highest paid quarterback in the NFL. It would still make him comfortably the highest paid quarterback in the NFL because, again, operating on the math that we're doing, I know the lowdown, the lowdown didn't do math. The podcast doesn't do math. But if we move forward here, we're looking at 54 54 to 55 ish million dollars. Even if we increased it a little bit further, you could say 56 to 57 million dollars would be the top tier contract for an NFL player, for an NFL quarterback. Patrick Mahomes would still be at 60. But the next year, so for a year, he would still be the highest paid quarterback in the NFL, and then it drops back down again. In 2028, it goes to uh, 44 million, 44 million, 50, 52 million. Those are what the last couple of years, uh, those are what the next 11 years of Patrick Mahomes' salary allegedly looks like. Now, you heard us say uh, a, a few moments ago, it's 
the first three or four years are guaranteed, been unable to figure out exactly which one it is, whether it's three or four. Because I think some people are counting the first two years as part of the extension, and some people aren't when they're writing about it. 2020 and 2021 are not part of the extension. However, it's fair if you incorporate that money into the contract because some of it, particularly in 2021, is new money. That Some of that money in the fifth-year option is new. But after the third or fourth year, it's basically up to the Chiefs. Remember when Peyton Manning you know, was coming out of the next surgeries and the, the, the Colts got the number one overall pick and, and it was we were just counting down to the first day of the new league year and you heard over and over again, if Peyton Manning is, is on the Colts on, you know, I don't know the day, J- July 1st, he's, he's going to make, you know, he's, he's going to be owed $32 million. Peyton Manning, you just heard it over and over and over again. That's what the roster bonus is. That, that's, that's, that's how your contract gets fulfilled. So this year in 2027, where uh, Patrick Mahomes is making roughly $60 million, his base salary is $10 million. He's getting $10 million for the season. He's getting a roster bonus of $49.4 million. That means the second the new league year starts, Patrick Mahomes is on the Kansas City Chiefs roster, Boom, that triggers a salary of $59.95 million. Each year at that point, it's up to the Chiefs. Do we want Patrick Mahomes another year? Do we want him uh, another year at $37 million? Do we try to push him into some sort of contract renegotiation? I have gone over this over and over and over and over again, and maybe there's something I don't understand. And that's certainly you know very possible. I am just a dude who's sitting in the front room of his house hosting a podcast. I am not an insider. I'm not the be-all, end-all to this. But I'm trying to convince myself that this contract, this is not the contract I thought Patrick Mahomes was going to sign. I'm trying to convince myself that this is the greatest football contract we've ever seen. I don't think that it is. As a matter of fact, I don't think it's even remotely close. I'll go even a step further. I would watch really, really closely what happens with Deshaun Watson because I don't think it's outrageous to think Deshaun Watson, he's not going to sign a 12-year deal. He's not going to sign a 10-year deal. None of that stuff is going to happen, I don't believe, with Deshaun Watson. But what could happen is Deshaun Watson signs a more lucrative contract at the beginning uh, of his extension. So if he signs... uh, they're in the same, Deshaun Watson, Dak Prescott, they're in kind of the same category here in that uh, who are, like, I think Jared Goff has, um, Carson Wentz, Ryan Tannehill did when he was with the, when he was with the, um, the Dolphins. There are a couple of other quarterbacks. I think Cam Newton probably did too. There are a couple of quarterbacks that signed extensions after their third year. So they were on the so they had just finished the third year of their rookie contract. And they still had years four left. They still had the team option for the fifth, which was obviously picked up. They still had two years left on their deal, but they signed extensions. That's where we're at with Dak Prescott and Deshaun Watson. Is you know, that's that's why so many eyes are on, I mean, people's eyes are on Dak Prescott for a number of different reasons. But but Deshaun Watson, I think, is expected, if I were to guess. Deshaun Watson, 
makes more than Dak. That comes in a little. But now I'm wondering if if we look at whatever contract they wind up signing and it's going to be something souped up like six new years and it'll look like a total of an eight-year contract or something along those lines. But then you'll break down and realize, okay, it's really four new years and then you find out what the guaranteed number is. I wouldn't be stunned if Deshaun Watson signed a, a four-year deal, four new years worth more than Patrick Mahomes has through the first four years of his deal. I don't think that's outrageous. I think the outrageousness of Patrick Mahomes, my honest-to-God assessment of when, when we were talking about Patrick Mahomes signing a deal, I honestly thought we were looking at uh, something like a, a four-year, four new years. I thought we were looking at a four-year extension worth, or, or a five-year extension worth $200 million. The five years, $40 million guaranteed per year. No escalators, no, no, no increase in salary. $40 million guaranteed for the next five seasons, beginning in, in 2022. That's what I thought we'd get. I thought, yeah, I think back to the, the episode of the last episode of, of Ballers when, when, when Spencer Strasmore, The Rock, was talking about signing Patrick Mahomes to a historic deal. A fully guaranteed deal. I thought that was a very real possibility. Especially in in it, it no no pretend, like no fake fifth, no fake, you know, sixth year or seventh year, or no fake ten years, like a real five year, forty million dollar per year deal. That's what I thought Patrick Mahomes was gonna get. Or you know maybe you 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 did put in escalators and it wound up being a a two hundred plus million dollar deal. But I thought it would be at least for four years, fully guaranteed. I thought we'd get the five, so we'd get to the two hundred marker. But I thought with Patrick Mahomes, given his age and the accomplishment of his first two years, I thought it would be I thought it would be real. Now, if Patrick Mahomes continues to be the greatest quarterback that has ever existed he's going to like, it's not like the chiefs are going to let him go. And especially when you get later into these years, if you get to, if he has like an MVP season in 2026, or he has even a great year in 2026 and you get to 2027, he's still the highest paid. He almost certainly will still be the highest paid quarterback in the NFL, uh, making $60 million in, in seven years. He becomes a bargain in 2028, 2029, 2030, and 2031. Because at that point, now we're 11 years removed. Now we're talking about the highest paid quarterback making 60 plus million dollars. And how often does a quarterback, I think we saw this with most recently, uh, not, not with the last extension that Ben Roethlisberger signed, but the one before that. Or not Ben Roethlisberger, I think it was Aaron Rodgers. It was the, the, the extension Aaron Rodgers signed before the one that he just recently signed. He got, basically, he got priced out quickly because it was like, well, Derek Carr's contract's up. Uh, this person's contract's up. That per Ryan Tannehill is now in the top-paid quarterbacks in the NFL. Ryan Tannehill had a very good year last year, and I think Ryan Tannehill has proven when he's healthy he can, he can win games. I'm not crapping on Ryan Tannehill's contract. I'm just saying when you think about the best quarterbacks in the league, is Ryan Tannehill up there? No, but he performed... At the right time, he got a, a, a healthy contract extension. And again, it's weeding through 
what's real and what's not. I think uh, Tannehill's full guarantee was in the 60-ish range. I think it was between 63 and 69. Can't remember. It was nice either way. But th- that's 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 what happens. 2031, I mean, the top top quarterback contract might be 60-plus at that point. And Patrick Mahomes will be making 52. He'll be 31 at the time. The question is, who pushes for a renegotiation first? The Chiefs or Patrick Mahomes? The one thing the 2027 year does is it almost assuredly notes that Patrick Mahomes won't push for any sort of contract negotiation before then. But again, I'm looking at these numbers and, you know, 2022 is not a very moving number given, you know, who he is. He's making well below what Russell Wilson will make. Well below. And then you got 2023 where he hits 40. He's still, I, I'll, I'll have to look at what Russell Wilson's deal is in 2031. But I don't know that, I don't know that um, Patrick Mahomes becomes the highest paid quarterback in the league until, again, we'd have to just go year for year matching with Russell Wilson's contract. I don't know that he becomes that until 2027. And I don't know what a guaranteed mechanism is. I have no idea. ESPN, uh, the reporter I was just talking about, who I've already managed to forget his name. Sorry, Bill Barnell. Uh, that's that's who it is. Um, what on earth is a guaranteed? The hot new term coined to make the Mahomes deal look even more significant. It appears that a guarantee mechanism is the language in a deal designed to trigger a guarantee at a particular date and time. The language itself is not new but it plays a unique role in this particular extension. So what he's saying, the reason it plays a particular role is go back to the uh, the league year, the roster bonus. The reason it play, the, the reason it's important here in this conversation is because it gives Patrick Mahomes agents the ability to say that this contract is worth 502 million dollars. A 12-year 502 million dollars without being deceitful. I mean, it is deceitful, but they're not lying. They're, they're being truthful. It is, it is worth that amount. If he plays the next 12 years with, with the Kansas City Chiefs. Oh, here are the other quarterbacks. The other quarterbacks that signed uh, after their third year. Tannehill when he was with uh, Miami. Andrew Luck. Cam. Jared Goff. Carson Wentz. Oh, Blake Bortles is in this conversation. Yikes. Yikers Island. Jeez. What was Wentz? Four years, 128. Goff, four years, 134. Uh, Mahomes will make $155 million in new money over the next four seasons as a part of the deal, uh, which is about 14.7 more than Goff. Now, this is just talking about this is just talking about that group signing their first extension. This doesn't include Roethlisberger. This doesn't include Rodgers. This doesn't include uh, Russell Wilson or any of those other guys. I feel like this is a super team-friendly deal. I mean, it's certainly not a bad deal for Patrick Mahomes. I don't mean to... I was trying to convince myself last night that it was. As I kept going over these, I kept looking at this like, is this a bad deal for Patrick Mahomes? 
And I don't, I don't know. I, it just, it's like a year to year deal in a couple of years in, I mean, not a couple of years. That's not true. In like five years, it's a year to year deal and five. I mean, it's a big deal to point out it's five years when the deals are being reported at 10 and 12 years, depending on how you look at it. Five years is a far cry from 10 or 12. And I mean, no one expects Patrick. Mah- I mean, you know how the NFL is, but I mean, Patrick Mahomes, again, had the greatest two. And, and if I'm wrong, you can correct me on this. I don't think Patrick Mahomes has had the greatest two year starts any quarterback in history. Uh, well, well, I, I guess all I guess just all signs on Deshaun Watson right now and, and what his deal look like and what his what his total guarantee will look like, what his total years will look like. Again, I don't imagine it approaches 10 or 12. I can envision a situation where they announce it at eight, but it's it's really the two years he has left on his deal if they negotiated this offseason. The two years he has on his deal, plus six new years with only four of them actually being guaranteed. So almost certainly solidifying that Deshaun Watson will be on the uh, Houston Texans for at minimum the next six seasons. I don't know that this, uh, you know, I, I don't think that this contract has a big influence over what happens with Deshaun Watson or Dak Prescott. I ultimately think it it's because it's so unique in the way that it was announced. It's so unique. I mean, Patrick Mahomes in no way, shape or form lost in this situation, but the chiefs didn't either. And maybe this is, maybe this is the ultimate, maybe this is the perfect deal. Maybe it's the perfect deal in the sense that it's flexible for the team, but it's financially beneficial for the player and it keeps um, dissension out of the conversation. Because barring, you know, in 2025 when he's making $41.9 million, barring an absolute explosion in the quarterback market, he's still going to be a top-paid quarterback. I don't know that he'll be the highest-paid quarterback, but he'll be, the, he'll be in the top, I'd have to think, at minimum three, certainly no lower than five. But, of course, if he's winning his third or fourth MVP, being in the top three, four, or five isn't going to be enough. And if he's winning his third or fourth MVP, I'm sure Kansas City would happily restructure his deal there uh, at that point. We'll see, man. We'll see. It's Football contracts are so confusing. They're so difficult to understand. Like, I keep reading... Uh, 45 million per year in new money. Like there are just things that it's, it's so difficult to decipher because everybody writes from a different perspective. Like if you read not just the tweet, but the actual article that was written by Adam Schefter and the ESPN crew, it's written with, this is a phenomenal deal for Patrick Mahomes. And it, it's a, it's a, it's a half a billion dollar deal. It's the richest deal in the history of sports. And it's like, uh, yeah, but there's like, you know, everybody's using the term asterisk these days as it pertains to the NBA season. Well, let's just put a little, let's just put a little notation next to the richest deal in sports history, because this isn't baseball. 
This isn't this isn't an A-Rod contract or a Mike Trout contract. This isn't basketball. It's football, and with football, we all know that oh, you can get a little got a little leeway in the way that you report these contracts. But I'm hey, it's 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 a win for it's a win for Patrick Mahomes for now, and it's a it's a it's a win for the Kansas City Chiefs for the next twelve years. Kansas City in no way, shape, or form loses in this contract because even if the worst were to happen and Patrick Mahomes gets hurt and he comes back and he's never the same, they're out of this deal. They can get out of it. Of course, I mean, if Patrick Mahomes got hurt this year, yeah, I mean, it's going to be a tough go for Kansas City for a couple, for a couple, couple more years, four or five more years. But... You know that's that's an ex, that's a super extreme example, uh, but we were all waiting for this news to do, we were we were all waiting for this news to drop and and there it is Patrick Mahomes and his alleged allegedly five hundred two. I'm not clear by the way how they got to five hundred and two. I I, th- I think that's adding in in again completely unclear. I think that's accounting for the money he already has, meaning the, the money that was already on the books for uh, 2020 and 2021, because I can't figure out how the deal kept going up every time that it was reported. As it, as it went along throughout the day, it was a $400 million contract at 10 years, and it became a, a 12-year contract at, at, I think it's like 503, and I'm, I'm not completely clear. And they got the 503. And Lamar Jackson, like what happens now? So if 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 Deshaun and, and Dak sign this offseason, if, and I think that's a big if at this point, we're approaching, by the way. I know that Dak signed the tender, but they still have time. I, I think they only have a couple more days, and I've it, it's gone pretty quiet on the Dak Prescott Dallas Cowboys front. Again, I know he signed the tender. But they can still negotiate his deal before a certain date, and he doesn't have to play on it. But it looks like we've only got a few days before that date's here. Um, if they do sign, you know, all eyes will shift to Baker Mayfield next year, Lamar Jackson next year. Those guys will be entering the third year, or those guys, excuse me, will be coming out of the third year of their their contracts. If Deshaun Watson and Dak Prescott don't sign this offseason, if they don't sign until uh, next offseason, then perhaps that kind of changes the tone a little bit for Cleveland. And it, you know, Cleveland may not be sure what they have yet with Baker Mayfield. It may change the tone with, with the Baltimore Ravens, who are going to want another MVP caliber season out of their quarterback before they invest more money in him, especially after his play uh, in the playoffs the last two years. So that, that, that's, the, that's kind of the next crop of quarterbacks is, is Lamar Jackson and, 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 and Baker Mayfield and, you know, and the, and, and the group that came out. There were, was it the year Lamar Jackson? That's the first and the 32nd pick of the draft. Weren't there five quarterbacks taken in the first round that year that Baker Mayfield went number one to the Cleveland Browns? I think that was a five first-round quarterback draft year. Other quarterback news uh, of a very different variety. Colin Kaepernick 
is going to be working on. Now, this is what I was hoping the Netflix announcement would be a couple of weeks ago. Uh, instead, we're getting it from Disney, specifically ESPN. Uh, they've partnered up, uh, they being the Walt Disney Company, have partnered up with Colin Kaepernick and his production company to uh, tell scripted and unscripted stories that explore race, social injustice, and the quest for equality. It'll provide a platform uh, to work with uh, black and brown directors and producers. This is all from the press release that Disney put out. The first project in development as part of this deal is a docu-series that's going to be chronicling Colin Kaepernick over the last few years, and Jamil Hill is going to produce it. Oh, the irony of this. Jimmy Paturo, who is the president of ESPN, he said in the press release, developing exceptional storytelling told through a wide array of voices is at the core of who we are at ESPN. Oh, really? Let me continue. Colin has had a significant path as both an athlete and an activist. And as the nation continues to confront racism and social injustice, it feels particularly relevant to hear Colin's voice on his evolution and motivations. Well, Jimmy ain't this a bitch. Jimmy was the stick to sports guy. Jimmy was the guy who said, we're not going to, hey, Skipper's gone. He was the old president of ESPN. He was the one who liked the idea of Jamil Hill and Michael Smith doing their thing. He was the one who liked the idea of guys like Dan Lebetard and 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 uh, Bomani Jones and some of these other guys, you know, standing up and having things to say and 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 saying them. But it was Jimmy Patero who came in and no, 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 we're alienating our our core audience. We've got to we've got to get back to sports. We've got to stick to sports. Oh, okay, Jimmy, like like cool. We're gonna stick to sports, but yet. We're going to do our show on, we're going to do our sports center on a U.S. base and celebrate our military. Hey, that's cool. Celebrate the military. At the same time you're celebrating the military, you're going to put Sage Steele out there because her dad was in the military and have her talk about the importance of the flag and the anthem and standing for it. Like, whoa, wait a minute. What happened to, what happened to sticking to sports? Like I, I don't know how you can how do you, how do you how do you how do you argue those two? How do you tell everybody, hey, we're gonna broadcast on Memorial Day or whatever day that it is that they do this from such and such U.S. base, and we're gonna celebrate the military? Oh, but we're gonna keep politics out of sports because, damn it, we don't want politics in sports. Wait, what's that? Oh, oh, wait a minute, really? Black Lives Matter is popular now? Oh, crap. I just told everybody we were going to stick to sports. Okay, maybe one, no, maybe no one will notice. Oh, I know what we'll do. Hey, what's the name of that? What's the name of that black website we have? The Undefeated? Okay. Everything black attached the Undefeated to it. So it won't really look like it's us. It'll look like it's the Undefeated. What? what Oh, I got another idea. Let's bring Jamil Hill back for a special project, and then that way all the black people will leave us alone. Now, I'm not saying that's what Jimmy Paturo said, but for God's sakes, man, this is just so this is so transparent. Black Lives Matter is super. It's it's okay to talk about now. Kneeling is the new trend. 
So when Jimmy was uncomfortable with this, when the president of ESPN found this particular conversation uncomfortable, he ran away from it. But now the world collectively, and obviously there are still uh, a ton of people uncomfortable with it, particularly the guy who lives at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. But now that the world as a whole seems to be more comfortable with this conversation and you celebrate black stories and you celebrate black directors and black writers and we're going to we're going to we're going to we're going to get the ultimate black guy. We're going to get Colin Kaepernick. He's the one who started all of this. We're going to get him and we're going to sign him to a big contract to to produce shows and we're going to document his life and all of this good stuff. Like, oh, it's popular now. Okay, so ESPN is all in again. Apparently, they have had a complete change of heart. Apparently, they just needed a handful more of black deaths to realize, oh, maybe we should give our, our, our employees a forum to discuss real-life issues, especially since real-life issues blend into sports on a daily basis when athletes on their social media platforms, on their uh, Players' Tribune platforms, on their own platforms without the help or need of ESPN uh, promote social equality, social justice, and the things that they're doing out there in their communities. ESPN realized, oh, we're, we're going to get left behind because these athletes, the beautiful thing about social media, and this is about the only beautiful thing, one of the beautiful things about 2020 in general and, and how media has evolved is athletes who often feel betrayed by members of the media don't need them anymore. You could, you could go to Instagram and see what LeBron is doing. You, you go to, to, to his, his, his group, uh, uh, whether it's clutch or it's, uh, LRMR, it, it doesn't matter. You can go to any of his groups. You'll be able to find out exactly what he's doing. He doesn't need ESPN. He knows he doesn't need ESPN. These top-tier athletes who have followings on social media, they don't need ESPN. ESPN needs them. And they realized, oh, we, uh-oh. We cover predominantly black athletes because they're a Top-tier channel when it comes to the NFL. They're a top-tier channel when it comes to the NBA in terms of uh, they have partnerships with both of those leagues. Both of those leagues are predominantly black. Let's look at the... I'm sure hockey is predominantly white. How much hockey coverage does... do they get? How much much hockey coverage does ESPN have? Hell, even their baseball coverage has been minimized over the last four years. So you have a network that spends 24 hours a day, seven days a week across multiple different channels talking about black athletes. But you didn't want to discuss the problems that plagued black America until it was convenient for you. And getting, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled Cap is on board. Absolutely thrilled. But, I'm not an idiot either. I see this for what it is. ESPN screwed up. They know they screwed up. And they're, they're backtracking trying to fix it. 
Donald Trump is backtracking straight to 1963 here with the tweet that he put out regarding Bubba Wallace yesterday. He wrote, has Bubba Wallace apologized to all of those great NASCAR drivers? Essentially what he is saying there, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to translate for you in Trump speak. Has Bubba Wallace apologized to all of the white NASCAR drivers and officials who came to his aid, stood by his side, and were willing to sacrifice everything for him? Pause right there. What the fuck did they sacrifice for Bubba Wallace? Anybody. One at a time. Every, hands up. Just every, every, one at a time. You in the back of the class. What did, what, did, what did the NASCAR drivers and officials sacrifice for Bubba Wallace? Go ahead. Everybody say it out loud as you're listening. Absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. They sacrificed nothing. He continues, only to find out that the whole thing was just another hoax. That flag, and the flag is capitalized for reasons known only to that idiot. And flag decision was caused the lowest ratings ever. This dude is obsessed with ratings because his television show was a massive failure in its final years and it was canceled. So he's obsessed with ratings. Apparently, uh, no one shot him a note and said, yeah, NASCAR ratings are actually up uh, since May. Really, because it's been the only thing for uh, people to watch. When it returned in May, like, they went, they went up. So... Yeah, not, not, not really true there, POTUS. How did Bubba Wallace respond? Well, he responded saying, love over hate every day. And he wrote a, a, a lengthy post. Um, he said, love should come naturally as people are taught to hate, even when it's hate from the POTUS. Imagine being Bubba Wallace. You're already a, a, a black dude in a very white racist world. And I'm not just talking about NASCAR. Do I believe NASCAR is racist? Absolutely. But the people who support NASCAR are racist. Like anything in the South, you should be very fearful of. There's going to come a moment of reckoning here for some of these SEC schools. There's going to come a moment where these black athletes, these five-star recruit athletes... Look at these schools and go, hey, there's no chance in hell I'm going. I'm not going to go play in Knoxville, Tennessee anymore. I'm not going to go play in Starksville. I'm not going to go play in, I, I don't know, but the, the, the exceptions will be Tuscaloosa because you get to play with Nick Saban. Uh, there, there are going to start to be exceptions to the SEC rule, but at some point you're going to get some five-star recruits who go, I'm not going to play in the South anymore. I'm not going to play in the SEC. And you are shielded. When you're, a, when you're an athlete, even in college, you're, you're shielded a little bit because you're, you're protected. Everybody knows who you are. In the South, when you're in Knoxville, Tennessee, when you're around an athlete, you know, a, 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 a university town, and you're around an athlete, oh, my gosh, everybody knows who you are, whether you're a current athlete or a former athlete. I lived in Knoxville for a while. I took, Carol Lawson and I went to the store together one time. Never went to the store again together because every aisle we turned, someone wanted to stop and talk to her about the Lady Vols or about Pat Summit or about college. They know you forever. And you're shielded from all of the, the, the nastiness that goes along with being in the South and being in the SEC. Just wait. 
we just getting started with this. There are going to be athletes who go, I'm not, uh-uh, I'm not going to that school. I'm not going to play down there. I'm not going to go play in the South. Donald Trump also spent time tweeting yesterday about the Washington football team and the Cleveland baseball team. So obviously there is nothing to be concerned about as it pertains to the coronavirus, as it pertains to, as it pertains to you know, COVID-19 and, and economy shutting down again. There's nothing to be concerned about because Donald Trump decided he needed to tweet at Bubba Wallace, who didn't report anything. NASCAR reported it. He hadn't even seen it yet. Uh, and he's also tweeting about uh, the Washington football team name and the Cleveland baseball team name. So he's obviously nothing else to worry about in the economy, folks. If your bank account is running dry because you lost your job and that $1,200 stimulus check you got uh, didn't really do much for you, don't worry. Apparently everything is fine because Donald Trump isn't talking about it anymore. Nothing to see here, folks. Just just keep it moving. Oh, by the way, I'm not talking about Kanye and that ridiculous tweet he put out the other day. Uh, there's absolutely no reason to talk about this publicity stunt yet. Uh, but I will point this out. He's buddies with Trump, and he got his, his multi-billion dollar business got a $3 million bailout. Or got a, a $3 million, uh, what, what were they called, uh, business loan. Or it wasn't even a loan. It was a check. You know how my my sister has her own business. She do you know the hoop she had to jump through to 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 try to get some sort of payment to help her get through those those few months where she wasn't able to do nothing. Good thing Kanye got one though. I was I was really worried about that asshole. Uh, the baseball schedule. I cussed twice today. Sorry. That's the last one. Last one. Last one for the week. Hopefully, last one for the week. Actually, let's reset a minute. Let's hit this. There are only a handful of moments that you can point to and say that. That changed the wrestling business. Hulk Hogan was involved in two of them. Once on January 23rd, 1984, and again on July 7th, 1996. Relive the angle that made WCW the most talked about company in wrestling. Relive the rumors and excitement surrounding who is the third man. And relive the birth of the N.W.O. We are in worship, honey. Whether you like it or not, does anybody like it? You people. You know who I am. Latest episode of Relive drops tonight at midnight. I hope you'll check that out. I really think you'll dig it. It's one of my favorite episodes uh, so far. It might be my favorite episode so far. I had an absolute blast putting that together. Again, Relive with Damon Barling available on this very same podcast platform that you are listening to this show on available tonight at midnight. Uh, the Major League Baseball schedule came out yesterday. All 60 games were released. The Washington Nationals will open up their season to defend their World Series championship against, of course, because why wouldn't it be, the New York Yankees. The first game of the Major League Baseball season will take place on July 23rd, followed by, for some of you, your San Francisco Giants. They'll be traveling to Los Angeles uh, to take on the Dodgers. ESPN will broadcast both games um, at National Park in Dodger Stadium. Um, okay. Uh, teams will play their four division rival opponents 10 times each during this 60-game season, uh, and the other 20 teams will be against interleague opponents 
in the same geographical area. Uh, a couple of highlights here. Oh, A's fans uh, open up against the Angels on July 24th. A um, couple of other notes. Madison Bumgarner will return to San Francisco uh, to absolutely no fanfare at all because the stadium will be empty um, when the Diamondbacks take on the Giants on August 21st. Uh, Mike Flyers, he'll, he'll get to take on the Houston Astros, the whistleblower, if you will, in the Astros cheating scandal. Uh, he'll get to be in Ring Central Coliseum. Hmm. Ring Central Coliseum. Okay. On August 7th, uh, season ends on September 27th with all 30 teams uh, starting their games at 3 p.m. to allow for a final day playoff scramble. Most of the games uh, this year are going to be at night. There aren't very many day games um, during this 60-game baseball season. Uh, the Red Sox, just a note here, and I'm sure this ESPN loves this, the Red Sox will face the Yankees and the Rays 13 times in their first 23 games. That's... That is spectacular. Uh, the WNBA, some of the WNBA teams left for the bubble yesterday. I saw some videos from the bubble yesterday, and I am confident, 1,000% confident, that this uh, league, these group of teams and players that traveled commercially to some crap hole in Florida to try to get this season, schedule, uh, season played are not going to make it through the year. I don't think this season finishes. Uh, they announced yesterday um, that they will jer the some of the jerseys that they uh, wear would feature names of women who have died in connection to police violence or alleged racial racial violence, such as uh, Sandra Bland, Breonna Taylor, Vanessa Gilliam, just to name a few. Players will also have warm up T shirts that say uh, "Black Lives Matter." Uh, say her name. It'll be "Black Lives Matter" on the front say her name uh, on the back. They're playing in Bradenton, Florida, the IMG Academy. Okay. The WNBA and the WNBA Players Association, they're forming a joint platform to promote social justice called the Justice Movement. Um, this is all positive. This is all good stuff. I have serious doubts that the WNBA season finishes. It is not the metaphorical bubble that the NBA has. It's not even a bubble. It's a, it's, it's an alleged bubble, but not really. And the, 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 with the WNBA, it's always been, and I know that they were entering a really big year for them and that their collective bargaining agreement had been redone. They were all due to make a lot more money. Hotel accommodations were supposed to be a little bit better. In certain situations, they were going to be allowed to use uh, charter flights when, when needed. They were still going to fly predominantly commercially. But I, I think I said this to you before. If I was advising any WNBA player in the league, I would tell them not to go this year. I would tell them not to be a part of this. It's not worth it. Not for $100,000, not for $200,000, whatever amount of money that they're making in this upcoming abbreviated season, it's not worth it to be a part of this. I would absolutely 1,000% advise them not to go. And a lot of people haven't gone. Um, we talked to Renee Montgomery uh, days. Actually, Renee Montgomery told me when we stopped recording uh, that she was going to announce that she wasn't going to, going to um, 
that she wasn't going to be a part of the league restart. Uh, and she's been all over the place working her social initiatives, man, and that's awesome. I think Renee, what Renee Montgomery is doing is awesome. But a lot, And a lot of other players have followed suit. Uh, Liz Cambage is not going to be a part of it. She says she has health concerns. Uh, Shania Bumake, she doesn't need to be a part of it. She's got a contract with ESPN. I don't see that the I don't see the WNBA. I'm skeptical if the NBA makes it through. I don't think the WNBA is going to make it through. As a matter of fact, I go a step further and say I'm not sure that the WNBA actually plays a game uh, in this bubble. I hope I'm. I hope I'm wrong. I hope they're all safe. I hope they can pull this off. I just have I have a lot of doubts. Um, Jalen Brown spoke yesterday. He's not thrilled with the names that the Players Association and, and, and the players came up with uh, f- to, to, to be on jerseys and to be a part of the, you know, kind of the, the NBA social justice movement. He had a few suggestions like break the cycle and inequality by dream, uh, he, or by design, excuse me, inequality by design. He had a few ideas that he wished uh, had gotten um, a little more love. Speaking of, speaking of names, just a couple of more stories before we wrap up. Um, just a word of advice. No matter what your intent is, never, ever, for any reason, whatsoever, ever, 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 ever quote Adolf Hitler. It does not matter what point you're trying to make. It doesn't matter if you like the quote. It doesn't matter if the quote is prevalent today. It doesn't really matter what you're trying to accomplish. You cannot, under any circumstance, quote Adolf Hitler. This advice is free for Deshaun Jackson. This advice is free to you. This advice is free to every person, every athlete, every man, woman, and child. Regardless of your intent, do not post quotes from Adolf Hitler on your social media account. It's going to fail every time. Every time. Adolf Hitler is the single worst human being that has ever graced this earth. The worst, no matter what the quote is, don't share it. Don't point out that you're reading a book that has an Adolf Hitler quote in it. Again, this particular advice may pertain to Deshaun Jackson, but it's free for everybody. And I can actually read the quote and see what point Deshaun Jackson was trying to make, but you can't make a point with an Adolf Hitler quote. It does not work. Okay, back to more bad news. Uh, FC Dallas will not participate in the MLS's back tournament. Now, since I started taking notes on this story yesterday afternoon, it's evolved a little bit. Uh, the original release was that the FC Dallas, because of a, a, a COVID-19 spread uh, amongst their players, I think they're up to 10 players and one member of his technical staff. They, they've been under quarantine this whole time. They've been unable to train, and FC says they have, have withdrawn from the tournament. Since then, we have heard that, well, maybe that they haven't withdrawn from the tournament, but they, they were told to withdraw from the tournament that other MLS teams said, nah, fam, we do not want them here. They, this is, it is spread amongst their team. Uh, they have got to get out of here. Regardless, uh, Dallas FC, uh, 
they're they're not going to be a part of the MLS is back tournament, uh, which is scheduled to start here uh, tomorrow. As a matter of fact, a lot of things are going to be happening now. It's July 7th. Uh, we've got teams leaving for Orlando today. Uh, we got teams leaving for Orlando tomorrow. I think the Sacramento Kings leave tomorrow. The Boston Celtics leave tomorrow. I think the Milwaukee Bucks leave tomorrow. Of course, the, the Kings and the Bucks both have their facilities closed. It hasn't been announced, at least as of this recording. We're about to post it. It's about to be live. We're about to be in the 7 o'clock hour. And we haven't gotten word on who it was that tested positive. But I'd imagine if it was someone of major consequence, meaning that it's a player, someone on the coaching staff, that we're probably going to find out in the next 24 hours because we're going to know who's absent from the flight or know who's absent from the bubble in Orlando. And the, the difficult part is if it's like a trainer or a coach or, I mean, it's going to be difficult. If that person, if, if you can't be on the initial charter to Orlando, it's really difficult to rejoin the team because either you have to fly commercially, which your rejoin process is different when you fly commercially. You're isolated longer, you're quarantined for longer, and you have to pass more COVID-19 tests than you would if you flew charter. Of course, not everybody can charter a flight. And with teams strapped for cash because of really no season taking place, or particularly no live gate revenue coming in, no, no concession stand revenue coming in, all of those things that make them good money, and losing a chunk of their regional television deals, it's not easy to just throw a charter flight together through for, you know, an assistant trainer or whoever it might be. But it's going to be an interesting few days in sports, man. The next four to six days, they're going to be, they're going to be something. And we'll have it all covered for you here. Remember, check out Relive uh, at midnight tonight. Also, if you want to support the show in any way, shape, or form, or you want to check out the Be Conscious podcast, head over to patreon.com. Slash Damian Barling. Tons of bonus content over there for you. And we will be back here tomorrow on the podcast with Damian Barling.